What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Wednesday episode of Dietitian Table Talks. I'm your host, Emily Bogato, and I'm going to have an awesome guest on today. I'm super excited. Um, It is the Brittany Terry. You probably follow her, and if you're not following her, make sure to give her a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and OnlyFans, if that's your thing. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking a lot about her and her experiences in the fitness industry, and also a very spicy topic steroids and physique enhancing drugs so I think you guys are gonna love this I feel like this is not talked about very much obviously um, for many reasons but I think that it's awesome when people can be very open and honest and Brittany is just a very amazing empowering female so enjoy Uh, make sure to subscribe if you're not and give me a rating and review Hey, I've got the Brittany Terry on the line. So excited. Thank you for coming on my podcast. I know you're super busy, so I appreciate you taking the time. No worries. I'm excited. This sounds yeah. Fun. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not. This is actually my, oh my first God. feature. That's so exciting. I think you're going to love it. And I honestly feel like you're going to want to start one after because I feel like you have some stories to tell the world. I do. I, you know, I've considered <laughs> A podcast before I'm just you know I have nine million other things to do so yeah sure. for sure I'll practice with this <laughs> yeah it's honestly like one of the easiest things to do in my opinion because it takes like a little very little time to edit and everything so like way way easier than YouTube so I feel like yes, you would love yeah, it yeah YouTube but... is well out of my range of oh yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely yeah so I followed you on Twitter a while ago like probably at least a year ago so and then eventually like crossed over to Instagram but when I first followed you on Twitter I didn't know what to think of you I was like okay this girl is like badass she's funny she seems super nice but at the same time I kind of like questioned some of the decisions you were making with competing and now that I know you know a little bit more of your background and everything I know more of like what was going on, but I just didn't know what to think of you. So I feel like I feel like I have like a new perspective of you now that I know you a little bit better. And I feel like I just have so many questions for you. And I think that this will be great for everyone to kind of hear more of your story. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely open about talking about it. So yeah. Let's yeah, and you're it. really open on Twitter, I feel like, too. But when I told people that I was having you on here, like when I told our group chat and everything, I swear to God, it was almost like I was having like Kylie Jenner on my podcast or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> like people Stop adore that. you. I appreciate that. I like, you, I, you know, I'm like cautious with like the fangirling stuff because like I don't want it to be like that at all. <laughs> but like I really do appreciate the amount of support I get on social media. Yeah, you have a lot of people who look up to you for sure. Like, I was going to put up a question box for people to submit questions to ask you, but I feel like I have so many questions already that, like, that would just be too much. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll come back and be a guest on here whenever you want me to. Perfect. There we go. (laughs) Okay, so I want to just kind of start off just in case someone who's listening, like, doesn't know who you are somehow. Um, would you mind just giving us like a little background information on like who you are, 
like when and how you got started into fitness? Yeah, so um, I started like working out when I was like 15. I'm 24 now. So wow. when I first started working out, I was like the girl that was on the elliptical for like an hour and a half and I would only eat clean food because that was kind of like mm, the diet I, fad back I at have that been time. that girl too. <laughs> yeah, so like I wouldn't eat anything that was like not on the list of clean foods and like mm-hmm. they would even like go as far as to question like, bananas for their glycemic index and stuff so yeah it like definitely formulated a terrible terrible relationship with food for me and uh, I battled anorexia for a a bit of time and I actually was inpatient for a while too so when I was released um, I had to gain weight for my health and Mm -hmm. one of the suggestions I received was to start lifting because I was just the elliptical bunny and I was just terrified of the weight room because I was so small and that's where all like the men were and stuff. Yeah. But I started doing it and I eventually just fell in love with it. So it kind of just blossomed from there. Did you have someone like helping you with the weightlifting at the beginning or did you just kind of learn as you go? Um, I learned as I went along with it. Like it's crazy to me to look back on who I was when I first started and just like how little I knew about everything. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I would like read like oxygen magazine or like (laughs) shape magazine. And like, you know, I believed all the bro science stuff. Oh my gosh. The Pinterest. That's where I got my stuff stuff from. (laughs) Yes, dude. Like back during the days when, you know, you posted those overly exposed pictures on Instagram of the banana you ate for breakfast and stuff. So like, yep. Or your question. Right. Like, it's just funny as you go along the years and like what fads and trends were Uh there back then. But yeah, just over the years, I've just like gained so much knowledge. So it's a far cry from who I was when I started out. I wonder if like in the future, we'll look back on us right now and like cringe at the stuff that we're doing right now. Oh my God, I'm going to laugh my ass (laughs) off. I'm going to be like, Brittany, why? (laughs) But I'm not going to care because whatever. It'd be like that sometimes. You got to live and learn. (laughs) Exactly. So you started weightlifting. And then when did you get into like competing? Um, I started lifting weights and I just like fell in love with figure girls from the get go. So I know a lot of girls like usually get their intro with bikini. um, And that's the categories of the women's bodybuilding. Like, you know, where bikini Mm -hmm. is like the slender model type. But figures mm-hmm. more of like a tier up from that where you have to have more muscle mass. But I was just like obsessed with how like figure girls looked shape wise, like a figure eight and like just how beautiful that looked to me. And I've always wanted to look like that. So I initially like started lifting weights in the hopes that, you know, one day I would be big enough for a figure show, which obviously of work to do as I, you know, was just released from the hospital for anorexia. Oh, but yeah. For um sure. That's, like, definitely where my heart was at first. But I never actually, like, competed until last year. So I didn't get to compete for, like, that was seven, your first eight years. Last year. Yeah. Yep. Whoa. News to yeah. me. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was my first one, April of last year. Because after high school, I just um, enlisted in the Army National Guard. So then I was gone for seven months for my training. I came back. um, and then I went to college 
and I was still in army ROTC. So that was like a lot of running. And then I actually like switched to Olympic weightlifting for a little bit, um, competed once in a meet for that. And then just kind of did powerlifting, never competed in powerlifting, but I trained it for a while. Um, and then I kind of sparked up my bodybuilding interest again when I um, found, you know, like a group of people at the gym I was going to. And it just fueled me to want to do a show. So I finally did one last year. Damn, I thought that you were like a seasoned competitor. I mean, you looked fabulous for that being your first show. Well, thank Damn. you very much. Yeah, no, that was my first one. So you've had a lot of like different phases throughout your fitness journey, for sure. Yeah, girl, I've seen it all. You I've dabbled. seen like, all <laughs> of the sports and all the drama within all of them. And it's oh, just yeah. like, I think I just have like such a well-rounded view of the fitness world in general, which is why I tend to be so cynical of it all because uh-huh. you just see right through all the fake bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you can see through it and kind of get out of it when you when you find yourself caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so right now, do you do, you do online coaching, don't you? I do. Yes. Okay. So what kind of clients are you working with? Um, I tend to work best with clients that have a little bit of a general or somewhat intermediate base knowledge of lifting. Not that I don't like newbies to the Mm -hmm. sport, but, um, my niche is just better with, you know, clients that want to like build their strength and can follow a program without me having to go through all of those steps yeah. and without me having to teach people how to, you know, count macros and all that stuff. I can take a really long time. Totally I, understand that. <laughs> yeah. I quite honestly, I'm just not a patient person and like it has nothing to do with newcomers to the sport. I completely welcome it, but I just feel like there's coaches that are better suited for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the people who kind of already know somewhat what they're doing, but just need their, you know, routine to be a little bit more refined that's typically the client I work best with yeah I feel that and like you know maybe someone is already like dedicated to fitness and you are there for like guidance and accountability but you don't have to like educate them on everything right that's what it sounds it takes a while to you know get the swing of things for sure I feel like my clients are more like newbies um that's that's kind of just like what I feel like DBFT is, is like getting people into weightlifting. Um, yeah. And very like laid back, flexible type of coaching. Um, but I can see you being like, you know, like you want people who are going to fucking work and like be a badass. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I have like a little bit of balance. Like, am I the coach that's going to yell at you because you had Chick-fil-A with your friends on Saturday night? No, yeah. I'm not like that. But like, yeah. if you're not answering me or like you're not following anything and then asking me why it's not working, like that's kind of where I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. draw the We're line. Not doing this. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you are like kind of just like someone that a lot of people look up to and you're really empowering for females online and you want ladies to like be confident and feel amazing and I saw that you I think it was either a tweet or Instagram post and you said that you have like a mother hen spirit Mm -hmm. did you always have like this kind of energy or is this something that you developed when you like became confident in yourself or how did that come about um I think I've always just been like you know empathetic and you know I've 
you know, when I was younger and naive, no, I don't think I was like a mother hen necessarily. I think I was just someone that people could usually talk to about things. Mm -hmm. But um, as I've been through things myself, you know, I haven't had a perfect life and I'm not here to complain about it, but I've definitely had to fight through a lot of demons and, you know, figure myself out and do things on my own when I never thought I would have to. And so going through a lot of dark things like that, you know, can be traumatic to anyone. And so, you know, over the years, I think I've just developed more empathy for people who go through things because, you know, I've been there and I don't want anyone to feel how I felt before in life. So I definitely have that energy where I tend to like bring people in so Mm -hmm. they know I can like protect them or from anyone that's, you know, tries to say anything mean to them or, you know, make them more confident. I feel like a lot of the time people think that I'm like confident all the time when that's not really true. Like I'm very Mm -hmm. confident, but I do have my days and I'm able to admit that. But I overall, I'm just confident enough in who I am to know that I will get through this bad day. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one feels confident every second of their life. And if they say they do, then they are lying. Yes, I agree. Um, so I feel like we have some heavy topics to get into. Um, mm-hmm. first of all, I just want to ask, like, how, have, like, have your fitness goals changed since you, since your last show? Like, do you plan to compete again or are you planning on doing something else now? Um, honestly, I'm just kind of like leaving it up in the air because I just don't feel like I need to make it like an ultimatum kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? So I don't want to, you know, announce this big thing like I'm done competing for the rest like of my life again. because right and then you know a <laughs> year later be like oh hey it's me again I'm competing so I don't yeah. want to do that but like right now at this point in my life like I definitely just want 2020 to be over because it's just been like a Jumanji ass year and I just it's so unpredictable so I, I'm not in the mindset in any way to compete this year but I'm not closing that door for good okay yeah Jumanji is definitely like the perfect way to explain this year seriously like everything is just so unpredictable but yeah I totally agree like there's no reason to like announce that you're like never doing it again or anything like that because you can always change your mind and even if you did announce that you wanted to change your mind fucking change your mind like people will get mad and it's so dumb but like I don't know why it affects anyone else but yeah I've seen people do that before where like they say that they're not gonna do it again and then they do and people get mad yeah I feel like people need to give other people the space to heal Mm -hmm. especially if they had a bad experience with competing like I did like after my last show yeah I was like so scorned from competing and stuff and I wanted to redeem myself but I you know I just kept crashing and burning so Mm -hmm. you know I I feel like people need to allow others to heal from the damage of whatever they went through and then allow them to make their own choices and if they want to compete again then they can and if they don't then they don't have to but yeah like when they're in a better mindset yeah I see your boxing yeah dude I'm like I'm supposed to like work out tonight and go lift but my coach this morning kicked my ass I'm (laughs) so exhausted so I might have to call that off I actually work at two title boxing clubs which is more of like fitness boxing it's not like the same kind of boxing you're doing but holy shit it is literally the hardest workout I've ever yeah it's so insane I like almost threw up this morning oh my god do you plan on like doing like actual fighting boxing 
Um, I feel my like coach is always like trying to egg me on to do it and thinks I'd be good at it, but I'm not sure. Like, you would be good at it. Yeah, maybe. I just know like all the sacrifice I would have to give for that too. And I just like yeah. am not at a point where I want to do that either. You know, yeah. they're, you know, boxers regiments to get ready for fights are like strict, if not more stricter than like a bodybuilding diet too. So oh, yeah. it's just like turning from one guilty pleasure to the other. And it's, yeah, yeah. Just, I think my body just needs to relax. And need a break. Need some while. balance. <laughs> right. Okay. So what first like sparked my interest to having you on my podcast was when you tweeted about um, it was DNP, which I had never even heard of before. And I just remember like I retweeted it. And I was like, holy shit, I've never heard of this, but I'm going to retweet this just to like spread awareness in case anyone else is like been offered this or thought about it or anything like that um and I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of people listening probably don't really know what it is either if I someone who is a registered dietitian and a personal trainer and an online coach don't know what it is so can you just kind of explain what it is why people take it um like side effects stuff like that yeah so um DNP is like a compound that some bodybuilders will take um, as it's like a thermogenic, which means it's meant to, you know, burn fat essentially is the goal there. Um, And essentially it's, you know, used for things that you would not want to put in your body for Like, for example, it's used as like an herbicide and a pesticide and, um, it's an explosive. Oh my God. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really dangerous. And how it works is essentially it just raises your body heat so high. Um, that you like and, burn extra calories. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a it's a complicated process, but essentially mm-hmm. your body temperature is soaring through the roof um, to increase the metabolic rate and essentially so you burn more fat. Okay. And uh, it's it, it I always explain it as like a human microwave because <laughs> when I took it, it honestly felt like my entire insides were on fire. Oh my um, god! It was a really terrifying experience, and uh, yeah, it's just it's not meant for human consumption. I don't think you know. There's like numerous stories, like you know, it has a high acute toxicity. And uh, 81% or something like that, explosive strength. Like, there was even, like, a factory explosion in, like, 1916 that killed people because DNP exploded. Like, it's just so dangerous. And all the research on what it does to your body just shows that it's, you know, not worth the risks. But How long did you take that for? Um, I took it for both shows. So I did a show in April of last year and I started it in like February. So that was like a three month span. And then I started it again in like July through September of last year um, throughout all of my prep, basically. So you just felt like you were burning in hell for three months straight. Yeah, dude, it was miserable. And, you know, I just thought it was part of the process. You know, everyone is always saying, like, prep is hard. You should suffer. If you're not suffering, you won't win. And so here I am, like, like, burning myself in a freaking oven thinking, yeah, I'm going to freaking win. But I was, like, dying inside, you know. Oh, my God. You're like, you're like a chicken breast baking in the oven. Yeah. And I, like, if you look at pictures of me, I just look like skeletal like scary 
That's so um, sad. Yeah. And it, yeah. And I just like thought it was part of it. Like I do remember on my first prep waking up one morning so freaking lean that I thought it wasn't normal. And I know most competitors would be like, heck yeah, like look how freaking lean I am. But I remember being like scared almost at how lean I was, but it was part of the process. And I just thought that's what you had to do, you know? So did you ever like end up like having to go to the doctors or to the hospital or anything? Like, did it get that extreme? No, Um, I do know people who have had it. I know people who have had to, too. Yes, Um, but after my last show, um, not just for DMP, but for all the other stuff that I was on, which we'll get into, I went to get, like, a blood panel done and uh, get everything figured out because I was having some weird symptoms and stuff, and um, I definitely, my body was definitely showing some scarring from the usage of it for sure. So very what other, scary. Um, like side effects do you remember other than like the hot burning feeling, if any? So I got this really bad skin condition where if you like oh, look at my that. stage photos, yeah, I looked like a spotted leopard and it progressively was getting worse throughout prep. And um, I didn't know where it was coming from. And it was it was really embarrassing. Like, I really hated how I looked on stage at my second show because nothing was covering it up. Like, I even got the darkest paint possible that they actually give to, you know, like, like really dark skinned competitors and it was mm-hmm. not working. So I was just like very ashamed of my skin and very stressed out. Um, I thought that it would be permanent and that I would never go away. But a doctor, well, multiple doctors explained to me that DMP changes like the flora of your skin. Um, because you're constantly sweating all of the time. Like you're that hot that you're just sitting in your sweat all day. And I'm like, it doesn't matter how many showers you take on DNP. Like you're going to sweat as soon as you get out of the shower. So like my body was basically in a pool of sweat all damn day, all of the time. And my skin was just like not having it. So that's that would be what so I think uncomfortable. It came from. Right. Because as soon as I stopped taking it, lo and behold, it went away. So but, you know, I'm not going to say it was a definitive thing that the DMP did give me that skin condition. You know, I yeah. don't know for sure, but I definitely don't think it helped. It certainly felt like it agitated it, if anything. Yeah. And I mean, it, it might not have been ne- like exactly the DNP, but probably the sweat from the DNP. Right. Right. So, well, damn. I just learned a lot right there because I did not know all that. So, um, yeah. what else? So. I know that you have taken a lot of other things because, like, we've talked a little bit. And by the way, no judgment. Like, I have a lot of bodybuilder friends, mostly, like, male friends that have always, like, done steroids ever since I've known them. So, like, I've never been one to, like, judge people for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, like, I I know a lot of people who have done them and stuff. So, I'm not judging you at all for any of this. Um. But one thing that I think people don't know is that there's, like, steroids and then there's, like, other PEDs, like, physique-enhancing drugs that are not, like, considered steroids. They're, like, fat burners and other stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. um, did you typically, like, combine the two or, like, how did, like, what did you first take and, like, how did the stacking of that, like, kind of occur? Like, you started with one and then added more on as you went throughout your prep or yeah so it was basically all on my coach's call you know like if he said take this then take this Mm -hmm. but I don't you know everything I took 
on, you know, like my history record. I didn't all take it at once. Uh Um, But like you would put one in, take one out, maybe add in another and so on and so forth. And some of them you would take out a week or two before you hit the stage because of, you know, they might influence your water retention or whatnot. So it just depends. Okay. And the fat burners, are, are those the ones that typically like make you feel hot? Um, yeah, typically. I mean, I don't know. It depends on what you're taking. You know, I haven't taken everything, so I don't know. But like the difference between like steroids and PEDs is that, you know, steroids are usually referred to as steroids. But what they mean is anabolic steroids, which means it's something that it's a synthetic drug that they're trying to pretty much make like testosterone right Mm -hmm. um with the intention of building more muscle mass so you know typically it's synthetic which means it's not you know it's man-made it's not like a fake hormone right it it induces hormone like increase of testosterone right so when but then there's also like non-steroidal anabolics like you know a lot of the big big bodybuilders will take like insulin Uh... or human growth hormone so those are substances that the body makes itself got you whereas more of like tests that a lot of guys take is a synthetic type of test okay Um, and then there's obviously like thermogenics you know thermogenics aren't steroids you know they thermogenics do not have the purpose of building muscle mass thermogenics have the purpose of decreasing body fat that is what they're meant for by Mm -hmm. usually by increasing your body temperature so even you know you can consider like caffeine something like that because a lot of people will take caffeine Mm -hmm. to burn fat too um and then there's thyroid hormones which are like your t3 T3. um and then there's like substances like clenbuterol which they give for as a bronchodilator for people, but it also has this effect where it, you know, can help cre- increase your metabolism. So that's a very common thing that people take. But yeah, you know, I've definitely and all that are not steroids. Two. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of Clen in T three a lot. Right. So you could say like, no, I've never taken steroids, and that's fine. That doesn't necessarily mean you've never taken a performance enhancing drug like Clen or T three or something like that. Okay, got you. Yeah, clearly I don't know much about this. <laughs> that's why it's confusing. That's why so, like, here. it is saying PED is not synonymous with steroid at all. And there's different types of steroids, you know, there's like corticosteroids and anabolic yeah. steroids and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's like, just like a general that your term. doctor would give you, like, right for an injury or something. Exactly. Or pain. Um, so, what, like, when you started your first one, was it like Anavar or like what was the first one you ever took? Um, I think it was Anavar, yeah. And did you notice any side effects when you were just taking that? Um, not necessarily side effects, I would say. Like I noticed the effects of it. Like I certainly yeah. got bigger um, okay. and stronger, but I don't think I had too many negative side effects. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Anavar is typically like the most mild compound for a female because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the you know male attributes that you're supposed to get from anabolic steroids those are like pretty mild with anabar like you don't really get a super masculine voice or a, a really square jaw but you can also overdo it so mm-hmm. if you're on like a pretty small dose of anabar you typically won't notice it you know a lot of girls you won't know are on anabar you'll just think wow they're super fit well they're, they might be on anabar too but 
the girls that are on a huge dose of Anavar, like a male stack of Anavar, because males have to take way more than a yeah. female does, that's when they will start to get those manlier effects. Yeah, that's why I also wanted to record this, because I, I think that, you know, people look at people online who are um, not not even necessarily competitors. Maybe they're just like a fitspo on Instagram or their coach or something, and they look at them and they're so fit all year round and stuff like that. And, you know, people, people think that that's realistic for them. Right. Um, but I just wanted also for people to know that you don't know, you don't know who's taking things to help with their right. physique. Like it's not always obvious where, I mean, some people it can be obvious, like you said, but a lot of times it might not be. So you know, don't yeah. compare yourself to someone who gained a whole bunch of muscle in a year or whatever, because you don't, you just never know what they're doing. Exactly. Like you just, I mean, obviously like if you're a pro female bodybuilder, usually mm-hmm. people won't understand that they're on some type of gear, but like oh, it's yeah. the ones that you wouldn't guess. It's like, it's not even just competitors. It's even fitness models. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to compete for them to even take There's celebrities too. Like, you know, there's rumors of like JLo being on HGH and stuff like that to keep her oh, skin really? nice and young. Yeah. So like, you know, there's many secrets. I'm sure that people mm-hmm. um, sweep under the rug. Like what sure. percentage of like national level, like, doing national shows what percentage of like bikini competitors do you think are taking something and then figure competitors too mm-hmm. no percentage to percentage wise <laughs> i'm not sure a very large percent i would say a very say very a very large for one sure. um well yeah even bikini like bikini you can get away with being natural at a national stage but you probably have to have the most stellar genetics in the world mm-hmm. um and obviously work your ass off you know but it's possible and i've seen i've seen women who are natural get their pro card nat- natural in bikini so it's possible mm-hmm. but um you'd be surprised at how many bikini girls on a national stage are also taking stuff oh, but yeah. you you know i don't want to say that's bad either you know no as bodybuilders you understand yeah. that we have to we might have to take stuff to get that extra edge yeah. And I get that, you know, that I don't have a problem with that at all. I think the problem comes where a lot of them try to make it seem like they either blatantly lie that they're not on stuff or they mm-hmm. just don't talk about it and like look overlook it. So it makes it seem like they may be natural, but they haven't really said it. But we're just going to assume kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They don't really discuss it or say up front like, hey, by the way, you're probably never going to get this round of delts like me. Because I have something that is helping me out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've also seen, which this one kind of makes me mad, is when they'll, like, I've seen people post their, um, like, their DEXA scans. They'll be, like, six months apart, their body fat scans. And they will have gained, like, 10 pounds of lean mass and, like, lost body fat in six months. And I'm just, like, I'm just making those numbers up, but I'm just like, that's not possible unless you're like taking something. Yeah. It's extremely misleading. And, you know, the average person is going to see that and wonder why, you know, their efforts are and fruits of labor aren't paying off for them. Mm -hmm. Whereas this person seems to just be losing weight and gaining muscle, like no problem. And then Mm -hmm. they don't address it. And then it's like, just assumed like, Hey, they did that by hard work because the average person doesn't know that there's stuff like Anavar and even tests that you can take to look better. You know? Exactly. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because 
I mean, my, a lot of my clients and people listening to this are not like in the competitor world at all. So they don't know that like the, the fitness people are, are taking things. And even if they're not competing, a lot of them are taking things. So that's why I really wanted to record this. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's definitely important to know. I definitely don't want to, you know, like, look down on everyone taking stuff because no, I'd no. be hypocritical, you know, because I, <laughs> if I ever do compete again, guess what? If I want to be competitive in the figure com- or in the figure category of women's bodybuilding categories, like, I would have to go on stuff again. That's just the sad truth. Mm-hmm. Like, naturally, I still have a lot of potential. I can still put on a lot of mass without taking stuff right now, but I can't ever be considered natural technically again, because I've already taken stuff. Yeah. And uh, if I wanted to ever compete again, I would have to take stuff again. That's just the cold reality of it. Yeah. And I, I, when I first competed, well, I only did two shows, but it was back in 2016. So like, you probably didn't even know that I competed before, but I did not actually. Yeah, it was back in 2016. I did bikini and I had no idea zero idea that bikini competitors or even any female competitor except maybe like you know the big bodybuilding ones I had no idea that they would take anything until like a year later after I competed and then that's when I was like oh shit like I had no idea that people did that (laughs) yeah and it's just super misleading Mm -hmm. yeah so let's see I don't want to like encourage people to take steroids but what were like the positives of taking it um I think you know it helps me in the gym a lot obviously like the gym is a really important thing for me and uh, I always want to improve my numbers and at some point you will hit a natural peak of strength Mm -hmm. um and you, you will gradually over the years you know get stronger but you know that's that threshold that you're at, you know, then it starts to take longer and longer to get mm-hmm. PRs and, you know, all that type of stuff. So I do like that. It kind of helps fast track, you know, my peak performance in the gym, although it's not natural. I still, you know, I don't discredit even like power lifters and stuff who are on mm-hmm. gear because mm-hmm. their goal is to be the strongest, strongest. humans alive and they are going to do what it takes to be the strongest humans alive. So mm-hmm. that means they're probably going to have to take stuff. So I don't think, you know, that powerlifters and stuff taking PEDs is like the end of the world, unless mm-hmm. they're like lying about it, because that's the goal is that they want to lift the most weight. So they're going to have to do what's got to be done. Yeah. So it helped a lot with strength. And like, did you feel like you could like recover a lot faster? You just have more energy. Yeah, definitely. Like, and it helps your confidence, you know, because you do start to see the effects of it if you're taking the right stuff and mm-hmm. and that that could be like make you feel good but then also you know you have to realize if you stop taking it you know you're probably you're gonna not gonna bad. look like that anymore <laughs> and you're not gonna feel strong yeah you're or yeah do you definitely. maintain the strength after or does it go away when you stop taking it kind of um I definitely was much stronger when I was on it okay so much stronger. for example like when I was on some some of the stuff that makes you stronger, like some of the harder steroids that I was on, I hit a 200-pound bench. And that was a goal of mine for a very long Damn. time. Yeah. And I haven't been on anything since, like, November of last year, two, um, two months after my show. Wow. So – and now, like, my PR bench is, like, 180, I think, if I tried. So it's not, like, Which a is huge still a decrease. Lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not a huge decrease, but it's definitely – frustrating for sure 
I don't think I've ever seen a girl bench that much. So you're still doing fabulous. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so you said you're still open to like doing them again in the future, probably in yeah. like, a safer way. Right, exactly. Like, again, just like with competing, I'm not going to demonize it completely. I think steroids and PEDs in general just kind of have like a bad reputation, you know, from over the years, like, you know, Barry Bonds taking steroids Mm -hmm. and all that shit. So they have, you know, people have a negative outlook on them, which is understandable in sports like that. But like, when you're in a sport where you have to be, you know, for example, bodybuilding, the biggest human alive. You're not going to be the biggest human alive unless you take some fake stuff. So Yeah, the only time I feel like it's wrong is if you're competing in a natural federation in your... Yes. Because then that's just, like, straight up lying. And And there's also some some fuckery with, you know, the the male bodybuilders with how big they have to get. You know, the male bodybuilders these days are are on so much stuff. And they have to keep taking so much more stuff because they keep upping the ante. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the 80s, he would be considered a classic physique right now. I know. Like he is classic (laughs) right now. So now men's bodybuilding are these freaking Hulk mass monsters Mm -hmm. and they have to keep taking more and more and more. Imagine how much right, and it's take. killing some of them. Honestly, like some mm-hmm. of them are taking so much that it's genuinely killing them, and that's just mm-hmm. really sad to watch. Sometimes it is. It's really sad. Do you feel like now you're feeling like where you're at right now? Do you feel like the best mentally and physically that you ever did? Like the most confident in your body, or do you feel like you're more confident when you're like shredded for competitions? I'm definitely more confident now. Like, I didn't hate my body shredded. I obviously thought it was cool as hell that my body could do that. But I wasn't necessarily confident either. Like, I genuinely do enjoy my curves. and Mm -hmm. I feel like lately you seem like the most confident ever. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I think I've just, like, embraced who I am without fitness and competing, too. And I've just, Mm -hmm. like, found balance in my life. And it just feels good. Aww. I'm happy for you. You look amazing, you. too. I mean, you still look fit as fuck. Thank you. So do you, queen. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, so one last fun question. Actually, maybe a couple. Um, if you had to give up Instagram or Twitter, which one would you give up? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably. I know we yeah. both love both. <laughs> See, like, I love them both for different reasons, uh, I guess. I know. I'm, like, a different person on each one, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, in general, though, Twitter makes me angrier. Yeah. Because people just tweet, like, really ignorant stuff. And I have a really bad temper, as most people can tell if they read my <laughs> Twitter fights and whatnot. But, yeah, Twitter just tends to light my fuse a little bit more than Instagram. So I probably would get rid of Twitter. But I agree with that. It's, like, a different thing, like... Instagram is kind of like my highlight reel and Twitter is like, all right, here's the trauma I had today, guys. Yeah, like the real shit. Right, exactly. And I know you get like a ton of love on social media, but I'm sure you probably get a lot of negativity too. And like, how do you just kind of like brush that off? Uh, I've just like reached the psychological understanding that anyone coming at me who doesn't know me is projecting some sort of experience they've had in the past. So mm-hmm. like either how they've learned to talk to people or like, you know, they're, they hate themselves. So they're projecting mm-hmm. it on someone else. Or even if they do know me, like, I feel like if I haven't done anything to them to warrant 
you know, their rude words or whatever it is, then to me, it, again, it's just a projection of their own internal hatred that they feel. And so I don't really take it that personally because I'm yeah. very secure in who I am and why I do the things I do and why I post the pictures I post. And I'm very unapologetic for it. I understand the risks and the cautions of it. I understand that people are going to talk and say things and share their ignorant opinions. But like, you know, I wasn't here to please everyone. I know who I am. Oh, I know never, what I'm about. You'll never right. please everyone. <laughs> exactly. So I just like it. It used to hurt a lot. It sometimes still does. You know, I'm human. Sometimes mm-hmm. people do hurt me. But at the end of the day, I realize, you know, I don't know what made you that way. I don't know how you learned to, you know, attack people that way. But I feel sorry for you. And I'm not going to, you know, sit here and wallow in your hatred. Yeah, I feel like I am I'm a very like sensitive person which a lot of people wouldn't expect, but like I don't think that I could have a large following. Like I think God purposely did not give me a large following because I would get so annoyed. <laughs> Honestly, like, and I feel like everyone wants to be Instagram famous until you have like a decent amount of followers. Like I have friends like my two close friends like Maddie Forberg and Charity Witt and they both each have 300,000 followers Mm -hmm. and the shit I see in their DMs makes me want to rip my hair out. I I know have about 30k and I already want to rip my hair out as it is so I cannot imagine how much worse it is having that many more like it's already so annoying to me. (laughs) Oh yeah and being friends with Des like she has a ton obviously oh right yeah for sure and even just like hearing some just like the stupid shit that people say to her i'm like god i don't know how everything everything it's just very irritating so it's like a double-edged sword because i love that people follow me who feel inspired by me or you know want to be my friend that's awesome but for those followers i get i also get the ignorant people who just Mm -hmm. objectify me and just treat me like i and pick apart every little thing that you post exactly yeah um okay well I want you to plug yourself you know all of your services your accounts your twitter OnlyFans, instagram whatever so go on cool <laughs> cool I appreciate you and girl I'll put all right well too. what's that I'll put all your links in the description oh, box yeah too. I appreciate you so um let's see instagram is at Brittany terry B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-T-E-R-R-Y. And you can click on the email link or just DM me if you're interested in coaching with that. Um, My Twitter, I wasn't able to get just my name. Dang it. (laughs) So it's at Brittany Terry with an underscore. And then um, my OnlyFans is just at Brittany Terry as well. So... There you have it. Go follow her. Go subscribe. Go support her. Uh, That's all we have for today. Um, So yeah, I'll put all her links in the description box. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast channel if you aren't already. Leave me a review and come back next Wednesday. Just kidding. I'm back again. (laughs) I feel like I always do this. I think about it for a little bit and then I'm like, I probably should add that. Um, so I don't know if we really emphasize the fact that don't just trust people when they tell you to take something. Um, even if it's your coach, if it's your significant other, um, if it's a friend, don't just trust them to have your best interest with putting something in your body. Um, so make sure that if you're thinking about taking something, whether that be a PED or a supplement, anything. 
Um, definitely look into it yourself. Look up all the possible side effects and kind of weigh the pros and cons and see if it's even worth it to you to take um, because PEDs, they all have all different kinds of side effects that could possibly happen and not just like physical things that you'll notice but also things internally as well so um, you really want to make sure that you are looking into any little thing that you are going to put into your body and making sure that you are fully aware of possible side effects and outcomes before you start taking it.